Okay, everybody, welcome back. Another week, another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Football edition, back on a Wednesday night. Gorgeous evening here in the Ozarks, playing up in Kansas City. Johnny, uh, just east of me out in Ro- – or, uh, yes, excuse me, out in Rogersville. Um, gorgeous evening out on the back deck, ready to talk some football with the boys. As I mentioned, Johnny and Blaine joined me tonight to talk about the AFC East. I fired off a tweet just before we got on here. This division, in my opinion, is weirdly married or weirdly related, I should say, to the Chiefs, kind of like a second or third cousin who is going to like, you know, as a part of your family, but like not really related to you. You know what I mean? Because I think that they have a lot. This division has a lot of implications on the Chiefs season um, via the playoffs and, and the seed that we would receive. I think there's some teams in this division that can really fluctuate um, the AFC standings as we get in to the AFC. That's why we started with this one, because this one, in my opinion, has the biggest implications in terms of Chiefs kingdom. With that, before we get started, let's talk to the boys, see how they're doing. Johnny, we'll start with you, buddy. How are you doing this week? Doing great, man. It's always great to be on the Figured Out podcast with you guys. A little bit of a scenery change for me. I'm still in my house, but I usually like record this on my phone in my uh, bedroom, and the audio quality has been trashed. So I'm on the desktop today. Hopefully, uh, I cut out less because my takes are always the best, and I want to make sure the good listeners hear what I have to say because today I have a lot to say. That's fair. I actually have a change of scenery myself out on the patio. I get the best connection out here. So, so far, we are having no issues, knock on wood. Blaine, how are you, buddy? Crystal clear, baby. I hate this division. All all these teams, Jets, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, like, oh, you you said it very well of, like, it it being related to the Chiefs, but it's like that younger brother that you cannot stand who's trying to be as cool as you, and it's horrible. And, I, and I'm ready to talk about it. Very weird that it is now known as a good division because basically growing up, this was the butthole of the NFL. I mean, this right. division has historically been awful and Brady ran it for 20 years or however long he was in New England. And now it's one of the best, uh, I think, top to bottom. Maybe not the best teams, but it's going to be a very competitive division. Um, before we get started with the teams, I have a fun fact about the AFC East. A pair of brothers play in the AFC East. Two long snappers are related. Both went to LSU. Can you give me the teams and can you give me the names? Blaine or Johnny? I No way on the names, but I don't know. One plays for the, the Dolphins. One plays for the Bills. Very well done. And it is Blake and Reed Ferguson. Uh, I got Reed, the teams? Yes. <laughs> Reed, Reed Ferguson plays for the dolphins no excuse me he plays for the bills he's number 69 (laughs) and uh i forget blake is the one who plays for the dolphins but yes that's a fun fact pair of brothers in the afc east both long snappers i think that's very much mentionable on the figure it out podcast it is the most important position and i want everybody to remember that let me get a sip of beer and we were going to get on to the new york jets and before we move on, Chan, it's perfect a little little opportunity for me here, guys. And for Chiefs listeners too, I think this needs to be said. This is a really important division to monitor all season long as a Chiefs fan, especially with yes, there's been an added playoff spot in each conference, but there's been a buy that has been subtracted. The one seed um, in the playoffs is that much more uh, incentivized because you're the only team that gets a buy, and we'll, we'll go through it here certainly. 
Um, but the Bills are a really good team. And I think some of these other teams have gotten better. And hopefully they can steal a game or two here and there because, I mean, that's really what's going to matter in the race in the AFC, um, especially you know, the Chiefs have such a tough division when we talk about the AFC West later, which we will. But with this AFC East, hopefully one of these other teams can sneak a game or two away from the Bills. Yeah, I completely agree. With that, let's hop in. As we do every week, have this kind of structured um, in terms of worst to best. So we'll start with the New York Jets. That's not to say that I don't think that they could be pretty good. I was telling Johnny before we hopped on here. I really like what the Jets have going on um, in New York. Robert Sala, his second year, um, a proven defensive coordinator, came over from San Francisco last year. Uh, rookie quarterback, had a rocky season, but they were competitive in games, guys. They, had, they were competitive in games. They were not getting killed. Zach Wilson, a rookie, I would say he had one of the better rookie seasons in terms of the rookie class that was competing against him. Um, he's back, of course, with second-year offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, who's the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I absolutely love um, this O-line signing. They needed to shore up their offensive line. They signed guard Lakin Tomlinson from the Niners in the offseason. I think that is a gigantic upgrade for them up front to protect Zach Wilson and to run the ball because their draft, they went offense big time. Um, they went Gardner, uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, who I think is a freak. I think that sure is up their back end. Um, I think he's a day one starter. I think cornerback, I think the transition from college to the NFL is one of the most seamless. Um, a route is a route, and coverage is coverage, in my opinion. Um, I think he's ready to roll. They go Garrett Wilson, obviously trying to get uh, Zach Wilson some more, tar or some more weapons. I like their weapons, guys. Corey Davis. Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson. I mean, if you're Zach Wilson, you kind of have to be chomping at the bit to throw the ball to these guys, in my opinion. Um, they drafted Brees Hall from Iowa State, who everyone is saying is one of the best draft pick fits for the team that was he was drafted to. They needed a guy that's a bell cow. I think he can provide a huge, huge relief to Zach Wilson on the ground, set up the play action because he's more mobile. And then they also went – Edge rusher, which I like their defensive line, guys. Their defensive line's not bad. They go Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. as or That's Florida State, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Just making sure on that. I think it's a great draft pick. And then they go – they're really high on Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State, who is a really good tight end. Watched him a lot in high – or in college at Ohio State. I think this team – I think this team really addressed some good things in the offseason. I think the sky is the limit right now for the Jets. I think they're still two or three years away. Curious to see what you guys think. Uh, Blaine, let's start with you, buddy. Yeah, I like every – kind of shocking when I go down through there and I start thinking, I like every position group. I like the Jets. I just don't know if I like Zach Wilson. And yeah. that's the biggest question. It's kind of like gives me Eagles um, flashbacks to, to last week when we were talking about Jalen Hurts. Like the Eagles are as good as Jalen Hurts. The Jets are as good as Zach Wilson. And I'm looking at the schedule, like whenever I think of a quarterback that has something to prove, it's who is he going to play? And he start gets the Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers to start. Four Ooh. pretty tough defenses. And that's going to set the tone for the Jets this year, I think, is those first four games. And I do love Brees Hall. I like this offensive line. I think that Zach Wilson has some help. So it's not completely on his shoulders. But I think I, I'm really intrigued to see how he starts the season off and, and that'll kickstart everything for him. Before Johnny, you go, Blaine, I want to ask you a question. Can you run – what are those first four games again? Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers. Interesting that they play the entire AFC North in a row, right? Yeah, it's really weird. 
Really well. Um, okay, I think – I mean, if they go two and two in that, I think that they have a legitimate chance to have a decent season. Yeah. I mean, decent get, season they, being 500, but yeah, – or, I mean, a, you know, game, or, game above or game below. But, I mean, from where they were. Back in, they get Seattle, Jags, Lions – Bills, Vikings, Bears to, to finish it too. So that's a, a very late. winnable schedule. Absolutely. Johnny, your thoughts? I think I'm the outlier here. Uh, I'm, I still think this team's up, uh, not there yet. Um, you guys do make some good arguments that I do like. I, I, they are obviously trying to set Zach Wilson up for success in, in, in the best way possible. Obviously, that's what you're supposed to do, but they add the offensive pieces that you all talk about. Um, one of the guys they really like on this team is guard Elijah Vera Tucker. They got him last year at a USC, and he had a pretty good season. I, I'm not sure if you guys have seen anything. What's what's going on with Makai Becton, but they picked him really high, and he's had a lot of injury concerns. You know, a big body, like one of the biggest men in the entire league, but is his lower half hasn't been holding up, but if he can stay healthy, that's another guy for them. I think they are also committed to running the football, not just with Brees Hall, but they re-signed Tevin Coleman, who did some good things for them last year. They like this Michael Carter kid who was a rookie last year. They've got three running backs that, if they block well, could have some success. And yeah, if Zach Wilson can grow and hit those open throws, which he struggled with last year. Granted, yeah, he was probably running for his life. You guys might be onto something. They, they could have some success. I just think that in the grand scheme of things, with how stacked the AFC is in, in general, that the Jets are going to struggle this year. Yeah. I think um, they're going to struggle. Sorry, Chandler, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Blaine. I just I think they're going to struggle too. And I, I wouldn't agree with you, but I think they can slip in a few wins in this division like we need them to. And Chiefs fans need them to. Like it's a sneaky week eight team that you know buffalo travels to the jets and oh like third quarter jets are up by a touchdown and it's real interesting you know that's that's where i see this i think the jets can definitely steal a game from the dolphins and the patriots 100 percent. and uh johnny you have one more thing about the jets before we move on you mentioned some of the additions um i i said that they were committed to running the football I, i i do believe that um did you bring up, if I missed this, did you bring up they've got C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin, two big yeah. tight ends, right? They brought in Jordan Whitehead on the defense. You know, that's a guy who's got Super Bowl experience recently with Tampa Bay. You did mention Lake, Lake and Tomlinson, cornerback D.J. Reed from Seattle. I mean, you know, these aren't – like, D.J. Reed's not, like, this amazing player. But, again, like, these are guys that a team like the Jets really need. Like, the Jets were so, such a young team last year, an inexperienced team. I – I don't know if uh, what's that linebacker Mosley, right? Is it CJ Mosley? Is he yeah. still that? Is he still there? They gave him a ton of money a couple of years ago. Like if he's still there, maybe they could have some success. So yeah, like okay. I think after listening to you guys talk about the Jets, as far as their roster is concerned, they're better than I originally thought. Yeah, they we need the Jets as Chiefs fans to steal a game or two uh, in that division, but. But like I said, too, as well, I do believe that they're going to struggle overall in the AFC. This is not a playoff team. Yeah. Um, a team I think they can steal a game from is the New England Patriots. And that's who we're going to talk about first – or, excuse me, next. Um, I don't have much written down about the Patriots. I think they are a total mystery. Doing my research today on the Patriots, went to their team website. There is nothing 
about any OTAs, no transactions. I mean, it is it is absolutely the most boring website. Um, I think they are a total, total mystery. I don't know what to make of Mac Jones. Um, they have no weapons, in my opinion. Their first-round pick was Cole Strange out of Chattanooga, which is a huge mystery. Um, I mean, we know Bill Belichick's history in the draft. Not saying it's the worst pick in the world, but a very strange one in the first round for a team that virtually has no receivers. Um, when I believe receivers were available whenever Strange was picked. Um, the last thing I have about them is that their defense is old. I mean, I don't know that they have very much youth on their defense um, at the moment. And I think that can really plague a team as you get these longer seasons. I really do. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't have much about the Patriots. We're going to turn it over to Johnny, see what he's got for us. But I, I don't think that this is going to be a very good Patriots team, in my opinion. I think that I, – I really, I really do not. Yeah, the mystery is the right word. They are a mystery. I think they're really boring. I think that this is a team that is just not keeping up with the direction that NFL roster construction has been trending. This Cole Strange pick made no sense. I, I get it. You lost Ted Karras, but you'd think that with – they picked him at 29. They traded with the Chiefs, 21 to 29. And then their next pick uh, was, was number 50. Um, you'd think a guard from Chattanooga would have been there at 15, and if not, they could have at least traded up into an earlier part of the second round to get him. I, I remember sitting in Ebbets Chandler when we were watching the draft that night, and there were some Patriots fans, funnily enough – there and they were just like you know that's a total patriots pick it's like like this guy's probably going to be a good player because he's an interior offensive lineman for the patriots but it's so fucking boring that like how as a fan how can you get excited for that and so they, they yes they lost some guys they lost shaq mason as well uh, to tampa bay they actually traded him to tampa bay and they know they protect mac jones but another team who i believe is firmly committed to running the football. I actually think from a fantasy perspective, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the guy that ends up taking over this backfield from Damian Harris. They really like Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a better pass catcher than Damian. I mean, they don't really throw him the ball at all. And I think if I had to, you know, take a, a fun fantasy option in drafts from the Patriots, um, it would be Stevenson. Just a couple more things here. We can't overshoot the fact that this team lost JC Jackson. Uh, to the Chargers, I mean, a staple corner, a true lockdown island corner that um, has had a lot of success in this league is no longer on the team. I saw a couple other players that they had added, Jabril, Jabril Peppers. They brought back Trent Brown. They brought back Malcolm Butler. They brought in Terrence Mitchell, who was a gross corner on the Chiefs oh. a couple of years ago. I just thought that was funny. I mean, he stinks. Um, and then they did actually bring in – they brought in Devontae Parker – wide receiver from the Dolphins who has had some flashy games, but I don't even think he's had a, an, an injury free season in his entire career. So kind of an underwhelming, we'll see what we can get signing there. They did get one wide receiver named Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor who ran a four, two, eight. So maybe that exciting speed that you need on the Patriots, but guys, this roster is boring, right? Blaine. I mean, it's a team. Like if I'm in the NFL, I, I don't want to play for the Patriots in the first place, but what uh, Josh McDaniels goes to the Raiders. Uh, Joe Judge is, comes back in there. Matt Patricia is still on the staff and Bill Belichick. Like who's going to be calling the plays there? How are they going to look offensively? What are they going to do? Like it's, it is a total mystery. I, 
it's going to be a hard nose. Like we're going to try to beat you up and win a ball game. That's kind of the Patriot way post Brady. And they're still trying to figure out their identity, I think, in the hangover that with Belichick era, but um, it's a head scratcher. I, I think they have a chance to be okay, but I'm not going to sit here and be like the Patriots are going to blow anybody out. I mean, they're going to, they're going to be close in just about every game they play, but you're not going to turn them on on a Sunday just for the fun of it. I think that's a great way to say a great, great word there. Hangover. I don't think that they know. And Johnny, you alluded to this as well. They don't know what they want to do post Brady. They really don't. They're trying to continue the ways of, of the Brady era. I truly believe by getting a guy like Mac Jones, I'm not comparing him at all to Tom Brady, but he's closer to Tom Brady than he is Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that's the way the league is trending. So, yeah, I think we nailed it on the head here at the Patriots. I would imagine they'll have a decent season, but a very boring, lackluster season, Blaine. What about Mac Jones? What do, you, do you have expectations for him? Not really, because who does he have to throw to? I mean, like Johnny said, I mean, Devontae Parker, has he's had some flash, but he's not that good. Do they still have Nikhil Harry? They drafted him in the first round, and he has done nothing. Honestly, he stinks. Um, I wouldn't want him on the Chiefs, to be quite honest with you. So, Johnny, if, if you do you have anything else? The, the I mean, comparison that, that the comparison Chandler was, you know, like, like I think you said it, Chan, it was like they're trying to find that that next Brady. And yeah, uh, the Mac Jones is comparable to Brady in the sense of they're like, you know, unathletic white guys. But other than that, like they're just, you know, there's no other Tom Brady. And so that's why, I mean, they've struggled. And that's why these arguments have, surface that like you know was the Patriots 20-year run Tom fueled or Bill fueled I mean the stories have come out that they really didn't get along very much so um, there are a lot of questions around this team the skill positions not there I really just think guys like like that like I said this team at once that they're just going to run the shadow of the football like you know they had a game earlier they had a game last year where Mac Jones threw the ball I think two or three times yes the weather was like unprecedented 70 mile an hour winds I get all of that but like that's what they want to do they they want to beat you they want to beat you 14 to 10 like and in a, in the NFL these days like I started this off with that's just not the way this is going like maybe that'll get you through the regular season that'll squeak you into the playoffs but then you get to the playoffs and you play the Bills. And what happened when they played the Bills in the playoffs last year? They lost by 30. They lost yeah. 47 to 17. So, like, the Patriots could knock your block off. But ultimately, like, I just don't think that they're going to be a scary team. Play action football. They don't have a, a pure number one receiver. They're, they're <laughs> ground and pound. Hope to get beat somebody deep once or twice a game, and that's how they're going to play. And that's – Yeah. Ooh. And <laughs> as we move on to the – this team definitely has a couple of number one wide receivers. Uh, I have a feeling this could be very controversial conversation here. Possibly some slander, possibly some jealousy, possibly some anger. It's the Miami Dolphins who have been oddly related to the Chiefs this offseason with the assigning and trade of Tyreek Hill. Um, first of all, let's go around here and let's just let's just get our get our feelings out. Um, I didn't necessarily, I, you know, I was happy for Tyreek that he got his money, whatever. Um, you know, I think when you, when you think about it, when somebody waves that in your face, it's pretty tough to say, no, he wanted the money and he went and got it. And you really can't hold that against him. But then to come out and just be outlandish against people that have revamped and saved your career, took a chance on you when you did a scummy human 
error um, in college. Uh, your draft stock fell dramatically. Chiefs take a chance on you, make you into the best receiver in the NFL, and then you come out and you you just out you slander the name of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Tyreek Hill is is you know one of the best chiefs of all time but he is dead to me until he retires from the nfl i think that is one of the most heinous acts you can possibly do tony gonzalez kind of left the same way and yeah he's had some jabs at the chiefs but he's never really been like that towards the chiefs a total classless move in my opinion and i really want to hear what you guys have to say about that blaine i'll start with you absolutely unwarranted and it I really think the idea of Drew Rosenhaus is getting in his head a little bit like, hey, you were one of the best receivers in football. You can make all this money. You can be a brand. You can do all these things for clicks and all that. I I don't know how much he truly meant it, but he said it. And it pisses me off that he said it. So it's for it's for his likeness. It's for him to be the most popular receiver in the NFL. But I just don't I, – it still pisses me off. Johnny. Johnny. Hey, you guys said it all. I mean, it's just, it's just classless. It's uh, they stuck their neck out for you multiple times, them being the chiefs, not just in the draft, but um, you know, that draft where they kind of got pushed into taking McColl because they didn't know the, the, the future of, of Tyreek. Um, they stuck by him through all that bullshit. You know, he's, he's been, always been horrible in, in media press conferences. Like he barely speaks fucking English <laughs> and the team, the team has like coached him to be a responsible adult, got him in that building, you know, around people. And, you know, I honestly, I really don't care about the this, this stuff that he has said about Patrick. But when you say stuff about somebody as beloved as Andy Reid, like they didn't utilize me enough or, you know, when you come at someone like Big Red, bro, fuck you. Like, you are just all about yourself. He's trying to be Dion, and he's just not – like, like you're just not. Like, you're an amazing player, but you ruin how good you are as a player with the way that you carry yourself as a man. And he's not carrying himself as, as a man right now. You had the most catches of your career, I believe, last year, the most targets of your career last year in order to, pr- to promote a podcast about your narcissistic ass – you, you then promote some bullshit about how the Chiefs didn't utilize you enough. And you have Drew Rosenhaus talking about how one game you have double-digit targets and the next you don't have that much. Maybe that's not the offense. Maybe that's because these are professional defenses and you can't just force somebody the ball. So, yeah, I, I, I think Tyreek Hill is fucking dead to me too. And you know what? I hope he rolls his ankle. Not to mention this too um... – you mentioned that he had his most targets of his career, the most catches of his career. How many times did he tip passes that oh. were intercepted weeks one through eight? Stone hands. Huge. Yeah. And, and not even just one through eight. He had some drops later on. Obviously, people are, might roast us about how well he played in the Buffalo game, and we don't win that game probably without him. I get it. But you pay a receiver for an entire season. I understand that he, you know, he showed up in the biggest moment, but so many tip passes throughout the season. I, I think he's got something coming for him here. Like you chase the money. It almost gives me like live golf vibes. I know you guys aren't, but like chase the money, something bad might happen in the back end. Like you chase Miami's hot weather, but you're not really doing your full research like you should for your career. I'm looking at this Miami Dolphins O-line. Like they were horrible last year. And I'm well, looking at their ru- running back court too. Like, I, you know, I think he might have it coming in a little check this year. Well, honestly. 
let's move off Tyreek and let's get into the Dolphins as a team. Um, going off of what you just said, Blaine, I think that they have tremendously upgraded their offense. Obviously, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, I think is a legit stud, definitely a number one receiver. And their running back room, dude, talk about a fantasy nightmare. The Miami Dolphins running back room. Raheem Mostert, Sonny Michelle, Miles Gaskin, and Chase Edmonds. I mean, those guys are going to be touchdown. They're going to you're going to be starving if you pick the wrong guy that week because you could get nothing. Um, those are four very good running backs. It's obvious that they want to run the football. I think with Tua, they signed Teron Armstead from the Saints, and I want to bring this up too. I brought this up to Johnny before we got on. Teron Armstead is a left tackle. That doesn't really necessarily matter that much with the lefty quarterback. It's not his blind side. You flip the offensive line, your right tackle becomes incredibly more important. I, I, I just don't – I think that there is a reason that there are no lefty quarterbacks in the NFL. It really does change an offense. It's crazy. You don't run a normal right-side handoff anymore. Your normal side is the left side. That's not what a left tackle is used to. He's used to cutting off the backside more times than not. It's very different to run the ball to the left side of point of attack. Um, now, they did address some of their offensive linemen issues, like Blaine alluded to. They brought Connor Williams over from Dallas. I think that's a big one. Shout out Melvin Ingram on the defensive line side of the football. Melvin Ingram in Miami now. I think looking back on it, the Chiefs maybe should have tried to sign him, see what the first few weeks uh, he could give us, and then maybe move on. But as, as I saw it last year, Melvin Ingram was one of our better defensive players. Um, I think they've tried to upgrade their offense. I think their defense was really good last year. I mean, it won them some games. I think it's still intact for the most part. Um, I really think the Dolphins are in a good spot, unfortunately. Um, it's just weird, the lefty quarterback. It is really all on Tua. It really is. It's, it's really on to him. And I think it's Blaine's turn to take over for the Dolphins here. Yeah, I think it's on their offensive line more than anything. Like, you you went through the running backs, and I wanted to hit it, but, like, who is explosive or, like, going to get the first down when you need one? As we saw, the Chiefs have so much trouble whenever Patrick Mahomes drops back so much. Like, Tyreek Hill is not as big of a weapon as you want him to be because you don't have that presence on offensive line, because you don't have that presence at running back. And Tua, like, Miami's offensive line last year, a league-worst 2.1 seconds per pressure before pressure. That's horrible. 235 pressures last year at, at, behind the behind the offensive line is what they saw at the quarterback's position. Like, how are you supposed to tell me that I'm scared about Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Jacecki, and these guys if Tua can't get time? So Connor yeah. Williams, step up. Teron Armstead, step up. It's it's on those guys to to do well. I believe in Tua. I believe in his guts. Oh, really? I believe in I believe in his guts, his mindset. I don't I just don't know if he's gonna have the skill level. I just don't know if he's gonna have that help and skill level that that you want to see out of it. And before Johnny goes, I want to bring up something that we can all debate this real quick too. The video with Tua underthrowing Tyreek. First of all, he absolutely underthrew him. And second, there's no pass rush. There's not an offensive line in front of him. And how is Tua going to get the ball down the field of these burners? I don't I, – I, you know what? Last year I don't remember, really remember Jalen Waddle streaking down the sideline for a 70-yard go route like Tyreek can do with a guy that can chuck it down the field. Good luck, Tua. Johnny, what do you think about that? I know you got an opinion on that video. <laughs> oh, a ton. Uh, Jalen Waddle, yeah, he's a speedster, really top-end talent at the receiver position. And, like, it seemed every game his line was, like, 
seven catches on 11 targets for 59 yards. Like everything was near the line of scrimmage because Tua just is not it. Now he's Tyreek said he's an accurate, a really accurate quarterback. Okay, fine. Maybe he is an accurate quarterback. Last year he was seventh in the league in uh, completion percentage at 68%. It, what did it get you? What did it get you last year? The, they were they were a weird team too last year. They had a seven game losing streak, and they yeah. followed that up with a seven game winning streak, which was totally bizarre. And so I I think uh, beating a dead horse here that this team is going to be limited by their quarterback. They brought in a lot of talent. They had talent on the roster already, but I just don't think Tua is the guy that in January has the moxie to go win you that big game to maybe get you into the playoffs or get you a better seat or in the playoffs win you the wild card round or, or the divisional round. I don't think Tua is that guy. I think Miami knows that, which is also bizarre to me why, why they traded so much draft capital for somebody like Tyreek Hill when they could have maybe drafted uh, someone like that. So I don't know, man. I, 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 Blaine's got something. I, I, I just think that they are limited. I mean, Flores out. I mean, if you, you got to think about this, if the Dolphins don't finish hot, would they win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their last nine? Then we're talking about the Dolphins as like a, ah, you know, we'll see what happens. But they finish winning eight of their last nine, another kind of hot topic. Mike McDaniel comes in, new head coach. Like, what, what are the Dolphins going to look like in that aspect? I mean, offensive mind with, with, with what they're going to do? I don't know. I don't know. And not to, not to mention, I don't want to beat a dead horse, which might be the theme of tonight's podcast because we've said it. I think all three of us have said it. Um, you design a, an offense around your right-handed quarterback. I mean – I understand that Mike McDaniels is a good offensive mind in San Francisco, whatever, but you have to totally flip everything. His reads are different. His strong side is different. You know, he's throwing his, his, the, the boundary he wants to throw it to the left side. That is very rare. Most quarterbacks go to the right side. So everything's going to be different. I think Miami is in a good spot roster wise. It really relies on Tua. Johnny has his hand up. Let's take it over to Johnny. <laughs> Just some closing thoughts, and then I know we need to move on. I didn't get this out about Tyreek earlier, though, okay? Like, does this guy not understand that you drastically have regressed in head coach and play caller? Like, Mike McDaniel's done some good things, but you you can't hold a candle to Andy Reid. The track record's not there. And at the quarterback position, and does he just think – that defenses are just going to not play him like they have the last couple of years. What does Tyreek think he's going to do? Okay, yes, you took a slant 80 yards against the Bills in the AFC in the AFC uh, in the playoffs last year. They were still kind of playing off coverage, like you, you just outran them. These these guys are going to play you like they've been playing Tyreek Hill over the last few years, and to couple that, your quarterback's way worse. The plays are going to be way worse for you. That this, this guy is just off of his rocker. And now you couple that with all the distractions of a Miami lifestyle. I really think it's a bad recipe for Tyreek Hill going forward. But like you said, Chandler, fuck him. He's dead to me. Doesn't matter. Last thing I'll say, too, before we move on to the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, Tua can be as accurate as you want. I don't think Tyreek is in the business of wanting to catch 10, 15 yard intermediate routes. He's trying to open it up and get out and fly. So 
good luck, you know, running your little post digs when you when you want 10 yards and you want 50. So good luck. Good luck. Good luck, Tyreek. Good luck. We'll move on. God, that was fun. Tyreek. <laughs> Mac McDaniel's gonna have him pass blocking every now and then. He's gonna yeah. out and on the sideline. Yeah. Give me a ball. Give me a ball. Give me a ball. They're gonna they're gonna up, Tyreek. Your decline is here. They're gonna motion. They're gonna motion Tyreek Hill in to to a wing behind Gasecki and run halfback toss. They're gonna have him seal the linebacker. <laughs> have fun doing that, Tyreek. You've really been doing that your whole career, bud. But um, we won't beat that dead horse anymore. Theme of the show. Moving on to the Buffalo Bills, boys. We're kind of ending the podcast on teams that I think could really do some something against the Chiefs. Uh, this Buffalo Bills team is really legit. First off, I absolutely love Josh Allen as much as it pains me to say it. I even love him more after him coming out and admitting that he blew the match against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Um, I wanted to hate him, but I really respect that move. I like him even more now. I'm absolutely obsessed with their weapons. Uh, their wide receiver room is ridiculous. Um, obviously headlined by Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, obviously, Chiefs killer. Um, they got guys all around. They drafted uh, James Cook. I think he fits Buffalo tremendously from the running back from Georgia. Tough downhill runner, can catch the ball out of the backfield well. Honestly, I feel like he's he's definitely better, but he's like a Devin Singletary 2.0, whom they still have. Um, they can run the football. Their offensive line is outstanding. Um, to my knowledge, they really didn't lose anybody up front. Um, they're all back. Um, they drafted a guy that I think could be really good. Uh, Kingsley Jonathan from Syracuse, edge rusher, um, can cause a lot of havoc. Saw him, saw him do it at Syracuse. Um, and plus they added Von Miller. Great signing. Um, I absolutely love Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker. He is a filthy linebacker. He is sideline to sideline. He's one of the best cover corners in the, or excuse me, cover linebackers in the NFL, in my opinion. And he's going to come downhill and he's going to hit you hard in the run game um their secondary is stacked i mean tradarius white is an all pro corner i love jordan poyer and micah hyde i know we just talked about tyreek burning them but that's a one a one and one generational speed guy they don't get beat like that very often they're solid up and down this this roster they really are and and last thing i'll say here before i turn it over to blaine uh or excuse me maybe johnny actually um Watch out for Dawson Knox, a guy that has only improved throughout the throughout his career in the NFL. I believe he's on his third or fourth season. I, you know, great time for tight ends to start really figuring out the NFL. Josh Allen's going to utilize him a lot more. He'd be stupid not to. An athletic tight end that can catch the ball really against anybody. Um, ask Tyron, who stunk in the playoffs against uh, the Bills. Um, he, he even left the game. He was so bad. Um, this team is really scary. This team right now on paper, in my opinion, is better than the Kansas City Chiefs. Their defensive line is far and away better than ours. Um, and I think right then and there, I think that that is what makes them better. Um, I think our skill guys line up decently okay. I think their receivers are better, but not that much better. Their running backs are better. Um, their offensive line, I think that's a wash. I think ours is very comparable to theirs, but still – this Bills team is poised. This, this, if they on paper, this is the year that they have to do it. It's, it's on Josh Allen, like it's been. Let's turn it over to you, Johnny. It's you, right, or is it Blaine? It's Johnny. me. Well said, Chandler. That was good. Um, 
this is the best team on paper in the NFL. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't I mean they have to play it out on the field. They have to stay healthy. It's a long season. But on paper right now, this is the best team in the NFL. I thought they had a good draft, too. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, I saw a video. So their general manager's name is Brandon Bean. It looked like in this video that I saw that they were really surprised the Chiefs traded up ahead of them uh, to get Trent McDuffie. Um, now, they didn't say they were going to take McDuffie, but they were shocked that the Chiefs went up, and you could see the disgust in their draft room, right? So the Chiefs were at 29, the Bills were at 25, and the Chiefs traded up to 21, and then after that, the Bills traded up to 23 to take Elam, cornerback, out of Florida. So just by the way the video looked, it looked like the Bills were thinking they were going to get McDuffie at 25. Um, or at 23 if they were still going to go up before the Chiefs did. So the Bills looked a little shocked there, but they got another guy in Elam who I would have been fine if the Chiefs would have gotten him too. I think he's he's a good player and he fits right in, gets to learn from Tredavious White and those other guys. I mean, this is this team is awesome. And they are coming off of a about as bitter, bitter of an ending you can have to a season, having the lead at Arrowhead, um, a place where two years ago your season ended having the lead with 13 seconds to go, your quarterback never gets the ball back and you lose. And now you've lost two years in a row at your most, you know, hated rival when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the bills are, if you're, if they're not hungry now, I mean, they're never going to, it, this is the year, right. That sets up for the bills. It sets up for Mahomes loses the, the narrative, right? Everyone knows. Josh Allen is not as good as Patrick Mahomes. The, the track record's there, but he's a close second. He's an awesome player. And if Mahomes didn't exist, I would want Josh Allen to be the quarterback of the Chiefs, personality and playing sk uh, and skill. Um, but, I mean, this team has got to capitalize on what's in front of them right now because if they don't, um, it'll be another disappointing end um, to their season. It's their division for the taking. It's their conference for the taking. Bill, I mean – you guys have to agree, right? I mean, this team's really yeah. good. Yeah. I think they're really good, obviously. I I think Bland's going to take a contrarian take here, and I think I'm really going to like it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I had to sit back today, and I was like, man, what what can I say bad about the Bills? Because I don't want us to sit here and just say, Bills, Bills, they're going to win the AFC, they're going to win the division, and, and they're so, so good. Yes, obviously, they are. But I, you know, I looked during this stretch, and I thought, you know, Week one against the Steelers, Josh Allen had looked horrible. But there was a stretch in the middle of the year where I think it was part to the offensive line trying to figure it out. They couldn't run the ball, and the, and the Bills were a little questionable, where they went – they lost six to six to nine to the Jags. They went and beat the Jets. Then they turned around and lost by 30 to the Colts. Then they beat the Saints. Then they lost to the Pats. Then they lost to the Bucks. That was a seven-week stretch of not very good football by Josh Allen. At all very inconsistent football by Josh Allen and then he pay and then you look at obviously he got hot down the stretch Panthers Patriots Falcons Jets and he was rolling by then they got things figured out they were confident going into the playoffs put up a lot of points continued to put up a lot of points until the Chiefs ultimately knocked him off in a, <laughs> a miracle but I don't want to sit here and say that there is not a way that Josh Allen can be somewhat inconsistent this year and lose the Bills some games because he definitely did that last year. And it's something that you need to watch. And I think that this division needs to watch to where um, 
you know, he hasn't put up a consistent season like a Patrick Mahomes has of, of dominating a division and dominating the year with, with the, you know, winning every game he should. But that's really the only thing I can really say in, in a contrary to the Bills aren't the, the best team in the AFC by far. I don't think they are just because of that reason. And, and there's going to be some competition in the AFC this year because of it. Side note before Johnny goes, Brian Dable, gone. Gone. Big key to Josh Allen's success um, because he wasn't necessarily the best his rookie year. I think that the coaching really helped him. Um, obviously, that's something to keep your eye on. Johnny? That's perfect you said that, Chan. That's They're replacing him with Ken Dorsey. You'll remember him, right, former Miami Hurricane quarterback. Um, he was the passing game coordinator and quarterback coach last year. I don't know. I didn't look before that. He was at least in the building last year. So we're really going to see how influential Dable was um, on Josh Talent. I think we'll see that too. If he, if, if he can have, uh, if he can get some success out of Daniel Jones in New York, we'll see how good Dable really is. But um, aside from that, I, I think Blaine raises a good point. I think where the Bills really are at their best, this is a lot of teams, but when they are able to run the football, it just opens everything up. And this is with the Chiefs too. Like when the Chiefs are able to run the football, Patrick Mahomes is better. And where we saw Josh Allen struggle in that stretch last year is when they couldn't get things going with Singletary. They had like Matt Breida out there. They had that Zach Moss guy who's been a total bust for them. Like, But Singletary, none, none of them were producing in the middle of the year during that struggle. When they got it going at the end, I remember because I play fantasy football, Singletary was scoring a bunch of touchdowns. He was doing well. And Singletary is not it. I mean, he's like Clyde. He's like a four six, four seven guy, small, doesn't really – he doesn't do it for you. If they can get something out of this Cook guy, they brought in Duke Johnson for the passing game as well. Cook, Cook can do it all. If they can get some sort of consistent ground game going all year, that's really going to help them a lot because – Yes, Josh Allen is a really dynamic runner of the football. If they want him to play quarterback for 15 years, they can't keep giving him these 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 read options or you know these basically they're, they're quarterback draws. They they can't keep giving him quarterback draws. They have to get it from a running back, and I think they know that too. So we'll we'll see how they do running the football this year. 15 interceptions last year by Josh Allen. Like it, it's just there. I'm not saying this in a bad way. I think the Bills are very, very much so. Probably my favorite to to win the Super Bowl this year. But there's 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 reason for hope to, to think that they're not just going to run through people this year. Um, yep, and we will see them Week Five, I believe, in Arrowhead again. Um, should be an awesome. There'll be a lot of promos for that. Uh, I wouldn't be as surprised. That's a Sunday. I actually think that might be a three twenty five or. But yeah, Bills are scary. Uh, this division far and away could be the most improved division in the NFL this year. I would have to say that's a pretty safe bet. Um, before we wrap it up, let's go to our final segment of the football pod for our predicted order of finish in the AFC East. I have it written down here on my notepad. And the first guy up is Johnny. Johnny, what is your predicted order of finish for the AFC East? My poof for the AFC East is going to be one bills two Dolphins, three Pats, four Jets. And I think that is the safe way to go about it. Hopefully the Jets can squeak one from the Bills or something like that in, in New York or something like that. Blano? Ah, this is so hard for me. This is so hard for me because 
I really want to put the Dolphins up there, but I don't. Like, I just want to I want Belichick to be in the corner, and he's always in the corner of this division. And I'm sorry to yep. go on a rant, but the Bills opened. I was looking up the Bills Plus. It's a YouTube channel, and they're, you know, this was posted six hours ago. You can go watch it. They started the show for 20 minutes, a Bills show, talking about the Patriots. Still. <laughs> still. So they're still going to win some games. It's the Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. Wow. I absolutely love that. Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. And you know what, Blano? I'm riding your coattails, and that is exactly what I am going to do as well. Um, I think that the Dolphins, I just think that they have, they're going to have a lot of growing pains with a first-year coach. I think the difference between the growing pains of the Chiefs and the growing pains of the Dolphins is simple. It's you have a foundation of greatness, of winning, of being together in Kansas City with Andy Reid at the helm, a guy who's proven to bring in guys and shape them to the Chiefs or the Eagles' identity. Um, he's done that for over multiple decades in his career. I think that the Dolphins have an uphill battle with a new coach, with a quarterback who is brand new, only to his second year, correct? Third year? Is it his third or second year? Third year. And this is his what? His second coach already? Injuries. I, injuries I think the Patriots are in a more stable position. I think their roster is a lot more boring than the Dolphins, but I like the Patriots just a little bit more. Um, and that's that. Boys, anybody have any closing remarks on this division? To a stinks. Blaine, you believe in him, though. Yeah, if if he's healthy or if he can get some time, but that's they improve their offensive line. I guess we'll have to see. Boys, (laughs) another successful podcast, AFC East on a gorgeous Wednesday evening. Back next week, um, I think we need to go to the AFC South. We're going to go to the AFC South. We will talk about the Colts. Titans, Texans, and Jaguars. Ew. Um, a very interesting division. Um, a lot of suck and a lot of good in that division. Should be another fun episode. Boys, can't wait for the AFC South next week. We will talk to you then, okay? See ya. Peace. Peace. Peace.